Welcome to the Push Through Podcast. I'm your host, Keisha Reeves. I'm a licensed professional counselor here in Atlanta, Georgia, with a private practice where I specialize in working with women as well as maternal mental health. Here on the podcast, we'll be discussing all things childhood, womanhood, and motherhood, and everything in between. I'll be interviewing various women who will be sharing their birth stories, as well as others who will be providing tips to help us be able to navigate this crazy world that we live in. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a quick chat with me. All right, so today I am joined by the wonderful Stefa Lafon. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and um, I'm so glad that you reached out to me on Instagram and then we were able to like chat on the phone um, a couple of weeks ago and everything that you were telling me about was so truthful and so much of what women are going through, mothers are going through. So I wanted to have you as a guest on the show to fully expound on that discussion. Um, But for us and all of the listeners to just learn a little bit more about you. And um, we're on the phone and you are in New York, right? Yes, I am in Brooklyn, New York. Brooklyn! Uh, Right in the midst of the concrete jungle. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. How is it up there now that everything's kind of like settled down in New York? Because your governor had his shit together and got yeah. it together. <laughs> oh, we are so thankful for for that. Honestly, it, it's kind of like walking um, very carefully. I don't want to say, maybe you could say walking on eggshells because what it is is like we are happy that we're not confined anymore, mm-hmm. but it's almost like when you are looking at what's going on around the country and when you're listening to experts saying that, you know what, like we're still not done with the first phase. It's kind of hard to not have like, well, what if it happens again right. in the back of your mind, particularly for us now, you know, we are one month out, like a little over a month out of like the school um, when school starts because we don't start until um, right after Labor Day in New York City. So it, it's like that's become like the big issue now. Like we're doing well, we're, we're meeting certain metrics, mm-hmm. but it's such a big city. It's so packed. Right. We all live on top of each other. How do you manage this at a level of a million children in school? Yeah, yeah. And it'll, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I'm even interested to see, like, as school rolls out, all of our people start going back. Well, not everybody is going back for in-person. A lot of counties have said that they'll do virtual only or they're going to do, like, a hybrid where, like, Monday, Tuesday, they'll go to school and Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah, same. Um, so it's a little bit you know, both, but I'm just interested to see how all of that falls into place. How it plays out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel like we're all watching. So we're, we're glad that we believe that it was real early because yeah. we saw the effect and it was very sad. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's, we're cautious. Right. <laughs> it would be great if we really could just implement some kind of hybrid schedule with school and habit work without any mass outbreaks. But I know I know people who work in school administration. I know a lot of teachers, and it's just anxiety causing for anybody involved because right. no one has the answers. And they're looking to you know whenever there's an issue, right? Your for school, whatever, whether it's work, whatever. Right? Mm-hmm. Everybody has like, well, we get our rules from this 
you know, this board and that board, we follow their guidelines. Well, with, um, with COVID, there's been hardly any guidelines to real there there are guidelines but it keeps forever changing and when you're making big decisions that impact so many people it feels really heavy so i don't think anyone has the answer but yeah we're we're rocking it we're rocking right. it yeah well what i thought was so wonderful about the work that you do um with women is helping them be able to work on their identity after becoming a mother and what they define it as and being able to work with pre-mom and present mom and the evolution of those identities and being able to merge the two, giving themselves grace. And I know a lot of mothers are having difficulty with all of that in this current climate and state of the country with managing school, some moms taking on homeschooling, managing careers, um, being able to implement self-care and, and not really identify like what self-care means to them. Cause a lot of people think it's, well, let me go get my nails done or my hair done. And it is so much more than just doing the things. Um, mm-hmm. but with all of that said, um, tell us what is matrescence? What is the definition of that? Okay. Yeah. So, um, let me go back and talk about like, kind of like, how I can even upon matrescence, right? It was my own journey. I was I had just had my second and I, I literally remember the day clearly. I was a hot day in July, had lots going on, and met up with one of my girlfriends who we had our daughters, which my, my oldest is a girl, um, the same time and we were just talking about, you know, the changes in motherhood. I had started moving my coaching because I was was already doing life coaching, but general kind of like woman empowerment type of work. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about motherhood and said, you know, it's kind of like your identity shift. And I was like, aha, yes, that's it. There's this identity shift that happens and no one talks about it. So my experience had been, even though I was in spaces that were talking about women empowerment and I was with all women, there was no space. They were doing it in a way that was just like business as usual. No one was considering the mothers. And particularly, I think I was, um, when I was doing my coaching program, I was the only one with like young, young kids, Mm. but there were other people that were mothers, but no one talked about it. Everybody was just like, you know, boss lady Mm. doing this, doing that, you know, grow and et cetera. But I'm just like, yeah, but when you're a mom, it looks a little different. Mm -hmm. And I, I just like deep down in my heart wanted to address that. So I started working with that, that epiphany that I had, like, okay, well, when you're a mom, a lot of your identity feels like it's lost. So how do you, how do you find a sense of identity? Because there is this false sense of like, maybe you're going, if you go back, there's this desire to go back to something, what you thought it was, where what is really helpful is identifying the parts that are really you. Yeah. And who you're then becoming what are the new parts what's evolving and embracing those parts but it can be really hard if you don't have the support so matrescence i had been doing the work with helping moms reconnect their identities for probably two years mm-hmm. and, and then that, that's when i found out there was an actual term for it <laughs> mm-hmm. for the loss of identity that women feel when they're having um when they're becoming, when they have just become a mother or in the journey of motherhood, right? So matrescence is described as physical, psychological, emotional changes you go through from after after giving birth to a child. 
And we all know it. If your body changes, yeah. the way you think changes, you have hormones, yeah. you will experience depression, and there's so much happening. And what psychologists um, actually believe is that it's it's a whole category of itself, just like there is adolescence, yeah. there's matrescence. Mm-hmm. And so it's a whole stage, it's a whole phase of development. And no, it's not brand new. It was discovered, and we may have to like go back and edit, but I believe it was 1973 mm-hmm. that the term was first coined. So it's not something that, it's not brand you new. know, no one knew about. Yeah. So now in recent years, what I've gone, it's just like they don't talk about it, right? And why is that? It's because the value of motherhood the value of women in the system that we're in, when you think about, I, I, I talk about capitalism, I talk about how it ties into white supremacy. When you think about how, how women are valued, it's not there. Yeah. So why? So why are you going to... Put an emphasis on that. Put a, put an emphasis on that and actually support them. Yeah. And actually be like, hey, they need more help because it might mean that they actually need more time off of work, that um, the government would be forced to give them um, some kind of support for their child care and whatever right let's not acknowledge it so i think there's a lot of larger things at play but the beauty of it is when you have this knowledge when you understand that hey it's not just me i'm not this person in a silo or it's not just like this small group of people that go through this everyone who becomes a mother goes through a journey of matrescence it looks different depending on how well they're supported but if you know this particularly ahead of time, then you're like, oh, this is part of it. And you can ask for help. It's like with your work, you you, you work specifically with moms. Mm-hmm. You work specifically in helping them with psychological issues that they may be facing, mood disorders, et cetera. Right. It's how did they get to the point where they are like, I can come to somebody yeah. instead of shame, instead of like holding on to shame, like there's right. something wrong with me. I can't do this. Why, why, why am I feeling this way? Right. So, yeah. And I, I do, lot, like, but. no, no, I think that's a good point because, like, with the shame on it, I think that for a woman to say, oh, my gosh, I miss my, my past life. Like, I miss going out to have drinks or I miss how I used to dress or I miss um, how I used to, like, wear my clothes. Like, to say that out loud, there are people that can be around them to say, but you have this beautiful baby, I mean. What, like, yeah. what, why are you missing this? Or, or to even say that they want to have like time to themselves or be able to like become more grounded. A lot of people can shame them because it, I think mm-hmm. we do live in a society where it is all about the baby and people do forget yes. about the mother and what she's going through. And even, um, I had talked about in one of the past episodes how our culture makes it seem like a woman has the baby and she looks at this baby and it's like, like you know angels come out yeah and sometimes that connection or that bonding is an instant like sometimes it takes the brain a minute to process what just happened even though she had been pregnant for nine months and we knew that this day was going to come it is a lot to wrap your mind around that they're here my life has a shift and there's this adjustment period but how how do you help moms work through the shame of asking for the help and being able to do the work for themselves? I think it's, um, so I think, A, what you say is great, that the connection, right? The connection looks different for everybody. Mm -hmm. And understanding that, like, you don't, 
talking about it and understanding that yes even if you love if you're like oh my god i feel this instant because some people do yeah it's still hard right it doesn't make it easy because then you're like no one's no one told you about how you're going to feel right when you don't sleep when you wake up when you're doubting yourself because you don't know what this crying baby needs right and when it comes to the shame what i what i like to do is really help women realize that the shame is not theirs it, because shame usually comes from them blaming themselves for not knowing something, for needing something. Right. It's like shame is not theirs. The shame is society's for not preparing you, for not being more supportive of you. So really find out what you need. Learn to define what you need and who are those people that can provide it for you and who are those people that are just not it. Sometimes we think, you know, let's just say like a, you're a mother, for example, like your mom is going to be there and we all know our moms. Some moms are super supportive and other moms aren't. And if they are not, I've had clients where like the moms were just not it. Grandma was not the most supportive person because like sometimes they in- injected themselves almost like in their, like their own story mm-hmm. while I, as a daughter is herself going through this journey of becoming a mom. And like, you know, it's okay to set a boundary. It's okay to tell them that if somebody's not supportive of you the way that you need to be. So A, understanding what you need, Mm -hmm. calling it out, not being afraid to call it out. Bring your partner in. Bring bring those people in that you know will have your back. And then take set boundaries with people that you know are going to cause extra stress. Mm. They're going to judge you. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times I think the shame comes from our belief of what somebody else is expecting of right us right and how we're failing in that way how we see ourselves in someone else's eyes yeah and sometimes the shame can come from strangers right social media is so big right now and we see people going through different things one of the things i'm enjoying is like we are seeing more women talk about the real but there's still a lack of uh, true information uh, or there are still a lot of people perpetuating that you know it's all easy mm-hmm. and this and that and it's all it's all joy and they only talk about the joy right. and if you're in a circle where you're just seeing that or if you're with friends that don't acknowledge that there is there's hardships there's their transition there's like the yucky messy stuff that they feel you are going to feel alone so it's just really right. understanding what is it that you need and letting go of like the way you show up for yourself is asking for what you need and having people around that will not judge you just help you when you need it right that's a good point when you said that it made it reminded me of this time i spoke on a panel and um the moderator was kind of like asking us different questions because all of us worked in like the maternal field in different ways Mm-hmm. And um, the questions were kind of like, um, how, what are some things people don't know about breastfeeding or what some things people don't know about support? So all of our questions were very like blunt to the point and very honest. And there was a woman in the audience who raised her hand and she was pregnant. I think she was in her third trimester. And she was saying, um, can you guys like say something that's a little bit more positive? Because I feel like this entire conversation has been very negative and I would like to end on like a good note. Like, is there anything that's great about motherhood? Because like, you know, like you, you're like a cloud that has come over me. And, and I remember responding like, I'm not saying it's not great, but I'm saying that we've lived in a society that 
does it talk about like the hard parts of it and does it like yeah. even about a matrescence like it's something that's not commonly spoke about and it's just something to know by the way it's great however be aware yeah. of all of these other things that can happen well, i think it's it's life in general right like yeah. people have a hard time talking about real stuff and going deep into those things but we all know we emerge better when we're able to deal with the dark side so there's just like there's light there's shadow and all those things are involved there is duality so you can enjoy motherhood i enjoy motherhood i enjoy time with my children but i also enjoy time away from them i had to learn to take time for myself and that's something that i didn't know about mm -hmm. and i also understand that not every day is going to be hard there's days that i straight up i'm like uh-uh I want to do this. The other day, I'm like, it's too hot for kids. It's too hot. It's 90 <laughs> degrees. Y'all are, are not in camp. Y'all are just talking and jumping on me. And I'm like, oh, it's too hot for kids right now. Yes. Did it mean that, you know, like, I don't love them? Right. Or it's not great. No, it's just like, at that moment, I really could have just used somebody to swoop up, take them away for like five hours while I did whatever. Yeah. So I think the, understanding those things can exist. And they are, they, they, they are, they likely will exist together that you are going to have bad times or you're going to have times where it's frustrating and sad. And you're also going to have happy times. You're going to have joys because it, it's part of it. That's right. part of the journey. Yeah. So what would be like a mother's next step? Let's say um, she has informed her support. She has asked for help. She has identified the fact, let's say, um, she wants to have more alone time. She wants to um, be able to exercise more or get back to her pre-body weight or get back into her hobbies or career that she was in. And she's identified all of these things. What would then be her next step into executing them while also balancing motherhood? What would be like your suggestions or tips with that? So so I think another point that gets missed a lot is I love talking about life and seasons. Mm -hmm. Like what season are you in? Mm -hmm. And once you understand the season that you're in, understanding that not every season you will have the same capacity. Mm -hmm. Right? So what can you actually accomplish in this season? What you can accomplish when you have a newborn is different than what you may be able to when you have a one-year-old or two-year-old like those things are different and i feel that just like you can't compare yourself to how someone else is doing yeah in life in general like we all have our paces we all go some of us are high energy some of us are more even keel some of us are artsy some of us are more science like we everybody's different so under you it's almost like you have to relearn yourself and give yourself space to embrace i believe that the first six months to a year are very slow paced and you really go with the flow and see as the baby's growing as you're being aware of like okay what life is looking at now then you can see what's realistic to start implementing because what happens is we think we have this idea that hey baby six weeks mm -hmm. or eight weeks or i got the um okay from my doctor and midwife that i can start working out so this is what i'm gonna do so, and think that all of a sudden we're just gonna include all the things right and 
what happens is maybe we have a few days or maybe even a few weeks if you're really, really lucky of things going smoothly and working out that way. But then it's not sustainable because mm. you have to give yourself time to see where you can fit things in and also adjust as it goes along. So know that it's not going to be perfect. When I work with clients, I tell them all or something. So we have an all or nothing mentality a lot. Like I'm going to go full throttle. I'm going to do this. I'm going to slay. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to spend time with my girl. Yeah. All of we going to have date nights. And then when it doesn't work out, you're just like, oh, I just can't. Like this, this right. is the worst. Where it's just like, well, what? What is it that, what's one thing that you can implement? If you want to exercise, can you start with 10 minutes? Mm. Can you start with have a few 10-minute sessions and then increase it in five-minute increments? If you want date nights, can you set something up where you all are doing something in the house sometimes? Yeah. And then hiring a babysitter or having a family member come over, right? So instead of feeling like it's, it has to be this grand thing. How, how does it fit into your life now? So I really want people to understand like what they can do um, and not expect themselves. What I see is we expect ourselves to have the same capacity to do all the other things that we did before having this child or right. before adding the second or third, whatever, however many ch- children in, right? And it's like, eh, right. you have kind of, there is a transition. There is a transition and it doesn't matter if you are a first-time mom or a fifth-time mom. There is a slower pace that comes with those early phases, especially those first six months to a year, mm-hmm. that you give yourself, like, what is life telling me right now? What is it that I need instead of, like, what is it that society, what is it that the outside world is telling me that I need to live up to? You know, how can I really fulfill what I need. And that's what self-care is, right? Self-care is not, it could be that your nails don't look that good or you're not spending, you know, two hours on a hair, on hair day, whatever, right? right? But you, you're able to rest when you need because you have somebody come in or your husband or partner is, you know, is with the baby for a period of time when they're awake. So you have time to like sleep during the day to catch up on the sleep that you're missed during the night or whatever it is right Mm -hmm. but understanding what you need what fills your soul right now is so much better than putting a list of things like here's how i'm gonna what i'm gonna do to reconnect and it must happen by this this and this no it it looks different yeah every single time right and i like how you said that about seasons because me personally i had my second April 1st and my goal, my plan was after I have this baby and my six weeks are up, I'm getting back with my personal trainer. I'm booking a trip to Miami with my girlfriends for Labor Day weekend. (laughs) I'm going to be in Miami frolicking on a beach. (laughs) I'm going to, you know, get back into all of these things that I wanted to get back into. And then a pandemic happened um, a civil rights movement occurred and life changed and it mm-hmm. and it had me it had me adjust a bit um, as to how I wanted to approach that. Like it was really important for me because I felt like I didn't identify a lot of the things that I wanted for me after my first and I didn't make 
space for myself and who I who I wanted to be as a mom and still hold those things that were a value of me as Keisha. But I wanted to be very intentional about that after the second and really like get back to the person that I was before while also being mm-hmm. a mom. And so like being able to pace myself, give myself grace, pivot in the midst of so many things interrupting the idea of what I thought my afterbirth experience mm-hmm. was going to be like. Yes. Oh, I love that you said that. So another thing when you think about what I tell people is like, how, are you holding on to nostalgia? Mm-hmm. Because there is a lot of times we have this idea of who we are or of how things were before this child or before this additional child where we romanticize right, some of it. Yeah. Where it's like, if you name the thing, like really name it. And is it something that was because of circumstances that it was a great thing? Or was it really a part of you? Yeah. So I love to do like core values exercises with people. So we break down, like maybe there was a situation. There is a thing, like you wanted to go to Miami and frolic on a beach and be a girl. What are the values? What are the core values in that? So... It might be freedom. It's freedom. It's a, before you Surrender. said freedom, I said freedom. Right? Not having so, children attached to my body. <laughs> <laughs> so now that you're pivoting, uh, oh shit, I can't go to Miami. Like, this is the worst. Yes. Like, it's okay. I can't go to Miami. That's hella disappointing. How can I embody a sense of freedom in this moment? Mm hmm. Instead of it would have looked like this. So it, don't be so fixated on what it looks like instead of thinking about what those values and qualities mm. are and yeah. how you can implement them exactly where you're at right now. If you right. have those tools, if you understand that, then it, it just it's just easier to kind of like navigate that situation. And I have a quick story because you mentioned like your second your idea of the second and thinking of how you went, and I, I like to tell people, I'm like, trust me, I didn't, I didn't come up on this, but I'm going through my own shit, okay? okay. <laughs> so, with my second, so I have both my kids at home. With my second, you know, I had a pretty easy birth. My second was, like, ridiculous, like, fast birth. Midwife wasn't even there. My husband um, caught him, all, all of that, right? So, I had this idea, and I don't know what I was thinking when I think about it, but I was just like, oh, I feel okay. You know, it was like typical. I had like postpartum bleeding that happens. But I remember there was, this was like right after Prince died and they were doing something for him like about a mile away, like mm. Grand Army Plaza in Brooklyn, which is not far from my house. So I'm like, yeah, I'll walk. My child was less than two weeks old. Mm-hmm. I want to say he might have been a week old. What the hell was I doing else? <laughs> Why? Why was I? It was hot. It was summertime. It was like June something. I think it was like June 13th, whatever. Yeah. Right? So I go and I, I have them like wrapped. And, you know, because I'm just like, oh, I'm going to go outside with y'all. Because my husband was just going to my daughter. I'm like, oh, we're going to go outside with y'all. We can go. And I was so miserable. First of all, I walked there. And I, it was in a long walk. Mm-hmm. But you're bleeding yeah yeah like, what, like it, it's not comfortable right so i was it was cool for a little bit and then i was just like nah no mm. i should have just really stayed inside and i think like that wasn't even the only thing it was just like after that i think i walked up the block like a few days later where i was i had to go get something i'm like i'm just gonna walk 
And I remember, I think I had regular panties on and I started bleeding mm. and I was like so nervous that like, thank God it didn't bleed through and mm-hmm. I didn't catch that embarrassment. But I was like, girl, he don't sit yourself <laughs> down. <laughs> so I actually went back and started probably after three or four weeks of having my second started like a 40 days journey mm. of like the slowing down and yeah. everything um, and nourishing myself and asking um, for more help and just resting. I think a lot of times, even if you have the space to rest, sometimes we don't want to. We're so used to being go, go, go and doing and doing that we're like, uh-uh, I gotta do this, I gotta do that. And I had to really give myself that. And, and on top of that, like one of the things that made me realize of how much mothers need mothering is that I felt that I lacked that because what happened around that time is I lost my grandmother oh. and she had been so instrumental in my first child where like she came from Haiti she um stayed with us for like three months nice. and the fact that I wasn't able to have that experience and I wasn't even able to have my real mother because that was her mom mm-hmm. and she couldn't be oh, yeah fully there for me right. because she was losing her mom right and it was just like all these things so I started thinking like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, so I have this baby, but I'm suffering this like great loss. And, but I'm so, I'm still expected to show up and be mom. And who's going to mother me? Like, I felt like I really needed to be mothered at that time. Yeah. And it was just like, because like your life keeps going, right? There, there are different things that you're experiencing. That's why I say every pregnancy, every birth experience is different. Mm-hmm. And there's different things in your life. There's, there's different factors that, that affect how you are at that time. Right. So you have to be able to be like, what I, what am I, what's going on for me right, right now? What is the season? What is my capacity? What can I actually do? And yeah. I remember at that point, I honestly had to like step back. I had like been coaching. And I was like on a roll, like getting myself out there. And I had to be like, everything's paused because I need my own healing mm-hmm. and time to really figure out what is this phase about. Yeah. So, yeah. I feel like that's definitely a gem being able to to reflect and identify like what is what is at the core of what this desire is or this activity that you want to engage in, like the mm. why behind it, I feel like is very important. So for a mother who may not have support um, or may not have supports like the people are present in her life, but they may not support in her desire to establish the freedom or to do anything spiritual for herself or do any type of self-care, whatever, whatever her desire is for her. They may not be in support of it or she may not have anybody in her life um, that could allow her to have the space to do that. What do you recommend for women who are in those shoes? Yeah, those are really hard situations. So I would say um, for though for that situation, I think looking outside of um, traditional ways, right? Because sometimes we, we expect like that help come from family and friends. Yeah. Um, and if you're not finding that, whether you don't have it or not, I think it's really, especially if you don't have it, if you don't have anyone, be willing to reach out to people, be willing to show up in spaces. Mm. Like one of the things that I found when I first had mine, like, listen, I had friends, but they were 
spread all over, right? And they, they're they're young, they're working. So there's only so much that they had to, to kind of like offer because they're, they're just, they don't have that availability. And it was really important for me to like go to like little baby classes and meet people that way. Mm, that's a good and point. create a circle that way. So even if you're not, let's say nobody's watching your child for you or giving you that time away because that's really hard in the beginning sometimes. But you're talking to people who are in the same phase as you and you're likely to find like-minded people. It feels less alone Mm -hmm. when you're somebody. So try to reach out and talk to those people. One of the things that my midwife did, which I loved, was... um, she had the groups of people that were pregnant together, like once a month while we were doing our prenatal visits, once a month, like she would schedule the pregnant women at a specific time. And so we would stay after and just kiki with each other. Oh, nice. Just get to know who it is. Yeah. So I still have friends, particularly from the, my first, my first, that we're, we're friends. I oh, made friends great. with those people that were pregnant at the same time. Yeah. And I think that's something that I know that doesn't happen in GYN mm. offices. Mm-hmm. But if you're somebody that has a doula, maybe reaching out to your doula and asking. And let's not forget, just like um, I reached out to you on IG and was like, yo, I like what you're talking right. about. Don't, you know, like just yeah. hit somebody up, holla. Like, if, I think a lot of times, like, we don't take advantage of that resource because we are afraid that like what are they gonna think i'm weird yeah, or are they gonna yeah. judge me but if you're following somebody or if you're in a group and you notice that you gravitate towards somebody they seem cool it does not hurt to be like hey do you want to meet up or hey do you want to have a conversation because sometimes relationships are they start be as being virtual but right. i think more than ever we're able to reach some of those resources when they're not readily available so find somebody yeah yeah you can't do it alone right it's really gets really hard so yeah yeah that's a great point my last question i've also had like a couple of moms that i've worked with and that i've known that never necessarily saw themselves as becoming a mother um Mm. or never necessarily seen themselves in a traditional quote unquote American dream type setting. They've kind of lived their life um, in a uh, way of just kind of, I don't know, like a gypsy almost. Kind of like, yeah. you know, as things come up, they free. just free, live, yeah. free spirited. And then they see themselves married and have 2.5 kids in a house in the suburbs with a career. And it's, it's this push pull conflict within themselves of I never even dreamt of this. I'm not ungrateful that I have it, but I'm still processing the fact that this is present when it was something I never manifested, never asked for, never intended to occur. How mm-hmm. how would you suggest them to be able to, how do I say this, um, be more present in it um, and being able to own it as theirs? Mm-hmm. Um, because I do understand in some ways they don't want to seem ungrateful because they have something that a lot of people wish they could have. Um, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, it's still a lot for them to process because although they have it and they love it, it wasn't a life that a road that they like walked to get, um, or necessarily Uh like desired from the beginning. Yeah. 
Um, if so any of I that makes sense things, of what I just like, said. If you're <laughs> loving it, yeah. then it's okay for life not to be what you imagine. Mm-hmm. Or at least for this season of life not to be what you imagine. And it doesn't mean that you're not still the person that you are. I think mm. it's really understanding that you are who you are and making sure that you continue to hold on to that or continue to define that. So don't let the circumstances that now you are married and you have these kids change the core of who you are. Because if you're a free spirit, I feel like that shows up in different, it shows up in different ways, Mm. but it should still show up. So as long as they're not stifling that part of them, part of themselves, I say, enjoy it. Enjoy your house and your family (laughs) And just stay connected to yourself and know that, hey, you know what? This is where you're at in life right now. It doesn't mean that it's not going to change. How can you just be more of yourself in this moment, right? Mm. Um, If somebody, however, is feeling like kind of down about it or kind of like, I know this is good and I should be grateful, but I don't want any of this shit Mm. and almost feeling trapped in it, Mm -hmm. is how can you allow yourself to show up like how can you show up in a way that's authentically you right and it doesn't mean that most of the time it doesn't mean like you have to leave and change everything and whatever but it just means that you probably thought that because you're married because you have 2.5 kids and you live in this house in the suburbs you're only supposed to be this way and the free-spirited like i don't want no pain (laughs) part of yourself is not there and i think again identifying what what the values were that you used to embody that you still kind of miss that you want to incorporate and finding ways to incorporate that finding ways to show up as that and making sure that whoever you are married to Mm -hmm. understands that that is also you Mm -hmm. i like that that's good that's really good yeah okay awesome any last minute tips you would like to drop to any moms um, that they should keep oh, in God. mind or, or think about as they're on their journey of self and motherhood? Because you've had some um, gems now. You've dropped some mini gems already. I, 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 know, I think it's just like, listen, it's all it's all evolving mm-hmm. and really make room for it. I, it. It can feel so frustrating when you think you're supposed to be somewhere yeah. and, you're quite, and you're not quite there. But I'm telling you, there are days that I look at my life, particularly because I had a second, um, I had a hard time with my second, mm-hmm. just because I thought in my head it was going to be this beautiful, like easy transition. And it wasn't. Yeah. And I look at it now, four years in, and I'll look back at pictures or have like memories of how crazy that time was. And I'm like, but look at us now. Oh, uh, Yeah. Yeah, like you're just like, I made it through that. And I know a lot of moms who who feel similarly. So it's just like, everything's a process. Be easy on yourself. Mm -hmm. Love on yourself. Demand that the people around you love on you and understand that you need you. Right. And don't let society just define define your role. Define what motherhood looks like for you. Yeah, absolutely. You get to say what it looks like. Right, right. No one else, not family. Not your mother, not your husband, but you on your terms for you. Absolutely. And they just can come along. Right. And I especially love what you said for for women who don't have traditional supports to feel free to create that on their own 
I do think, you know, social media has its pros and cons. Um, yes. But I feel like the biggest benefit of it is being able to meet people that you wouldn't have met in a traditional setting. So like yes. how you're in Brooklyn, when would we ever cross paths? You know what I mean? Like unless Absolutely. we were at a event or conference or, or something and I just so happen to be there and you just so happen to be there. And we just so happen to talk. But other talk and not walk past. Right. Not walk past each yeah. other. So and, and I do think like it's being able to just like reach out and being able to like say I love what you do and to be able to form a connection and it's so many wonderful things because like what a blessing it is that we did meet that I get to have you on this platform and I get to learn so much from you and then also share it with other people um to just continue to spread the word and the work so like being able to just like connect and use social media for the benefits that it has i i agree i i was having this conversation recently with someone like if you have not met if all of your friends on social media like you're a grown-ass adult and all your (laughs) friends on social media are just the people that you knew that you grew up with right you're doing it wrong right right you're doing it wrong because you cannot tell me that you are somebody who is 30 plus and you are about here living life and it's only just the same people. You haven't had like different thoughts and, you know, one it just found people that you connect with on different levels. No, that's, I, I love that about social media. Yeah. I'm always willing to just like meet somebody, just show up somewhere or take somebody up in the DM. Like we can't be afraid to do that yeah. because that's how we grow. That's how we learn. And that's how you just, that's how you know people these days. Good. So why not? And you taught me how to call people on Instagram and I didn't yep. even know that I'm was like, a function. <laughs> <laughs> you can call me on Instagram. They'll, so let's just say you don't know if you want to be friends with this person. Right. You, don't, you don't want people to have your number. You funny about your number. It's precious. Whatever. You can call them right on Instagram. I know. Who knew? You're so right. Okay, so people who want to work with you, how can they contact you? What is your info so that they can book something with you? Yep, absolutely. So you can work with me. So my my Instagram is Mama Slay Life. So literally, what it sounds like: M A M A S L A Y Life, one word. And my website is stephalafon.com. And just book a call and we can kind of like see what what you need and if it's a fit. And we go from there. Great. Well, thank you so much for being a guest. I'm so grateful to have you. Thank you for educating us and telling us how we can be our best selves. So I so appreciate it. Yes, my dear. Thank you for having (laughs) me. And I listen, I, I hope, you know, people are able to use these words and really find solace in them mm-hmm. and not see themselves in the conversation that we had today. Yeah, absolutely.